Welcome to Dr. C and the D. And on today's podcast, I'm with my amazing partner in crime, PA Alexa Karbowski. And the topic that people wanted us to talk about are what are options for same-sex couples? So I thought what we could do is, is discuss initially uh, what type of couples come to see us and for same-sex couples, what kind of workup we would do. And uh, maybe we start with that. What do you think? Yeah, I think that sounds really good. So as a start, you know, there we have been really blessed to have such a great mix of patients with different backgrounds. And there's really options for everyone, you know, depending on what they're looking for exactly. I think some of our, you know, uh, most common couples that we get are typically our same-sex female couples that are looking for donor sperm options. We certainly, I have also had more recently um, some transgender patients who are looking ahead for, you know, fertility preservation if they're doing some kind of hormone replacement therapy. I've had a few male relationship couples, I believe, you know, um, which would be then doing donor eggs, surrogacy. So really, you know, there's options for everybody dependent on what your background is and what your story is. And I don't know if you want to highlight some of our most common ones and kind of our workup and what we do. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say whenever a same-sex couple comes to see us, the first question that I ask is like, who wants to go first? Yeah. And who, how old are each of you? Because, um, you know, I have had, I think you have too, a combination where we'll have uh, a couple where it's like, okay, I want to have my baby first, then she wants to have a baby or I want to have all the babies. She wants nothing to do with it, or she wants her eggs, but I'll carry. So the first thing we want to ask is what is the family plan? How many kids do you want? Whose eggs are we using? Um, and what's the order of, of how we want to use those eggs? And obviously we want to try to help the older uh, partner get pregnant first because their eggs are older. And so, but both of them, if they're both interested in their potential for fertility and having a baby with each of their own eggs, then I don't know about you, but what I do is I get a, a history on both of them yep. and I want to make sure I know what their BMI is. I want to know their health history. I want to know their medical history. I want to know their surgical history. Um, have they had kids before? Because there have been same-sex couples that have had children before. Uh, what was that delivery like? And then what I would do is get blood work, hormone levels on both of them, as well as structural evaluations on both of them. And then what we do is, is we kind of look at the data and there could be the 39 year old that her hormones are great. And the 35 year old partner whose hormones are great. So then we start with the 39 year old to try to get her pregnant first. And then, you know, we're successful, great. And if the 35-year-old wants to have a family with her eggs, then we go from there. But there's possible that the 35-year-old's hormones are showing that her fertility potential is older than the 39-year-old. So then we switch it around. And so, you know, that information, uh, how many kids, who wants what, who wants to go first, and their, their workup, I think, is, is essential in deciding, you know, what we need to do. Yeah, and I think that, that that initial consultation and that explanation of that workup, you know, a lot of times it's overwhelming. People don't really know where to start with all this. They're like, I know we, we want to have a baby, but we don't know what the next step is. And that really, you know, breaks it down to give you that basic information. And, and sometimes the plan changes, you know, like Dr. Kulchik said, based on the workup, 
you know, one individual might be thinking, I'm ready, but we're like, eh, but egg wise, maybe the other one should go first, you know? So I think that that gives relief after that first visit of here's the plan, here's the next steps. We then have the follow up and we determine what we're going to do. Um, and then there's certainly options from there, you know, overall, generally, we're looking at an insemination, assuming anatomically that's reasonable, age-wise that's reasonable if we're using donor sperm or we're looking at IVF. Right. So, you know, it depends on, again, all those factors, anatomy, the age, how many kids you want. We kind of figure that out. And, you know, for some people, there, there's so many options. I think we had talked about this previously where, you know, if we have embryos, maybe one carries and the other partner can carry later. I mean, there's there's really a lot of options available dependent on what the couple's interested in. Sometimes a lot of my patients are like, whoa, I didn't realize there were so many <laughs> options. So They're like, we can do that. That can, that, you know, that so it's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, the other thing is the sperm too, right? So, so when, when people want to do inseminations, you have to not only think about, you know, what sperm donor you want, which is kind of really cool because if you're a same sex couple, you don't have to match the sperm to any male you're hanging out with. I had, I had one same sex couple that they had a margarita party and they couldn't decide. So they had six different donors with their profiles around their living room with a jug and you had a ticket. And so they had a margarita pick your sperm party. And so what they would do is that all their friends, they invited like 30 or 40 friends and they had tacos. And if you like this guy, you stuck a ticket in their bowl okay. and whoever had the most tickets, that was their sperm donor because okay. they figured let's be a village and let's have us all decide. So, but the thing to remember is if you've got more than one baby you want, then you want to get enough sperm, right? Because a lot of times you want the genetic information or at least a genetic link with your children. Um, so I usually tell them to get a six pack, which they'll laugh. And it's like, you know, six pack, it takes one or two sperm to do an IUI. And statistically, if you're going to be successful, it will happen in like three, four or five months. Now they have to remember that they're not technically a fertility patient. They just don't have sperm. So you could go maybe a little longer with the insemination. Um, but remember, it's nature's success rate. So they've got like a 10% chance of getting pregnant per month. Then you got to worry about the cost, right? So every vial of sperm is like seven to $900 on average. Insemination is six to $700. And that doesn't include the ultrasounds, the bloods, and the medications. So what Alexa and I do is if in three months they're not pregnant, we bring them in and say, okay, Okay, you're technically not in fertility. The definition's a year, but by the time you hit that year, you're spending 10, 20 grand. Here's our job is to tell you, okay, we've tried three months. You know, it's a 10% success rate. Do we keep going? Do we switch partners or do you go on to IVF? And, and the logic behind IVF is because by the time you take another three months to do what I just said with the cost, you could be doing an IVF and it's four times more successful. So that's why we do what we do. And we have that conversation at that time, because we're very cognizant about the cost to you. So that's kind of, you know, where or why that IVF comes in as soon as it does, you know, and then of course, there's the, the, the couples who are like, I have no interest in having any children in my uterus, but I want my genetics to be there. And that's where some couples come straight away and say, hey, we want to do IVF mm -hmm. for that reason. You know, so, um, so those are kind of options that we have. And then uh, talk about the transgender. Um, yeah, topic. so um, definitely more recently in the past six months to a year. And I think that's been really cool to see people, you know, taking control of their 
you know, their own personal health and thinking of the future for, you know, family planning, um, even some very young individuals. So I, you know, we do offer sperm freezing. Um, I have had a few patients recently who were, you know, in the transitional phase and um, they were looking to freeze some sperm just in case, you know, in the future, if they wanted their, you know, genetics to have a pregnancy with someone as some of the hormone treatment options for any of these transitions um, can sometimes, you know, alter sperm production and things like that. So that is something that we certainly offer here as well. If patients are interested in that, you know, the first step really is we set up the semen analysis, uh, make sure all is good there. And then it's really straightforward to do a sperm freeze. So there's been definitely, you know, more patients in that category, which has been really cool to see and really, you know, rewarding to help everybody. And you know what? I, and I think the thing to mention is that Michigan Center is a safe place. Yes. You know what I mean? I remember a, gen- a gentleman who was going through transgender and, and I went through the whole process and everything and he started to cry mm-hmm. and, and she started to cry because she was in the middle of the transition and she started to cry. And I said, are you okay? And, and she said, you know, I'm sitting here and I've had two other consultations and you made me feel so comfortable mm-hmm. and welcome. And she came up and she hugged me. Yeah. And, and I was like, I was so touched by that. And I was just doing my job, respecting yeah. the, the, the beautiful individual that was in front of me. And she was, you know, getting ready to get the hormones to complete that, the transition. And I just thought, you know what, that, that is what it's all about. But one thing we don't have as many, and for those listening are the, the, the gay couples. I mean, I think we've had a couple couple men who have come to us with donor egg, but I think maybe that, I don't know if, if that's just something that's not as common or it is a, a lot more expensive to yes. do that because you need donor egg and you need a uterus. So, you know, it's donor egg and then a gestational carrier, but, you know, we've had, it, it had couples, you know, come to see us for that too, but just not as many. Yes, I agree. I think not as many as our same-sex female couples, but I do agree. I think everyone, one of the common sentiments I get as well is they're just very, very comfortable and they feel very relieved to be here. You know, they, they feel like this is a very safe place. And, you know, I, I, some have shared some less, you know, than desirable experiences and, and that's something, you know, we certainly will always do for any patients that come to us. So I think we've covered pretty much all the bases that we needed to, but uh, thank you for again, listening to this segment on uh, pregnancy options for same-sex couples. And if you have any questions, you can look us up uh, Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health website. And until next time, this is Dr. C and the D. Thanks again for listening.